You're listening to the 1208 Podcast from 1208 Greenwood Free Methodist Church in downtown Jackson, Michigan. I'm going to reiterate, especially because uh, life is getting busy for all of us, right? We've got the fall coming up. We've got this new launch coming up. Um, and uh, I'm going to be gone for most of the week in California for a Free Methodist Justice Conference because I serve on our conferences, Southern Michigan Conferences Justice Board. And uh, I've got college, or college seminary going now as of last week. So with all these things, I'm going to be quite busy this week. And we're going to need all hands on deck to make sure that this place is ready to go. Uh, a lot of times we walk in and the place is kind of a mess and things don't have places that they belong. We want anyone who's coming to check us out with this new movement to not feel like we're still in pandemic mode trying to just leave clutter around and whatnot. So please, 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 if you're available Saturday, come help them out. That would be a great blessing to me while I am uh, gone. Likewise, talk to Marie and Brian especially. They've kind of headed up a few of the projects. If you want to help them throughout the week, if they need more hands, they might be in and out. So chat with them. Okay, so we've been going through why we're doing the new thing that we're doing. And I'll just kind of take you back a little bit. One of the first things that we felt God say very straight and specifically was there are cherry blossoms for 1208. Kind of came out of nowhere, but it is a very surreal word. I don't even know how to fully explain how surreal it was. Uh, and, you know, I did a quick Google, like, what do cherry blossoms even mean? And in pretty much all cultures, it means renewal, which was followed within the same word before I even looked up what cherry blossoms meant, was 1208 should repent to create space for new gifts. We need new gifts. We need to be empowered. The church is a body. The church is all of us, not just me. And we got to be ready for this next thing that God's calling us into. There have been a lot of words since then. Uh, there was a word even tonight that um, uh, someone just really felt God kind of impressing on their heart that he is already here in this building with us. That lines up well with some other words, words that we don't understand how rich the soil is, that God is uh, ready for um, that we are feeding the soil with the richness of the spirituality of, of this place as we continue to press into him. And you know what? It might be a slow burn. I don't expect we show up next week and then suddenly this place is packed. But I expect that we are walking to what God's calling us into. Another one of the things he gave us is two different slides. I had this dream where there's this boring gray slide and then this curvy, fun yellow slide. And him reminding us, do not take the boring gray slide. So we did it. We created something that pushes us to do the fullness of what church requires. Most churches, uh, most church models today say you strip everything out of the church. There still has to be three things for it to really be a church. Number one, there has to be community. We have that element with our breakfast time as people eat together. Number two, there has to be communion with God. We have that element during our worship service where it's much like today. We just worship and what happens, happens. And then number three, what we're going to talk about today, there has to be commission. Commission. We are to go into all the world and reach people with the gospel. Now, for many of you, if you've grown up in the church, that's old news, right? According to Barna statistics, most people, uh, I think it's like 
now. 50% of people don't know what the Great Commission is. We've lost this understanding that we are to go into all the world and make disciples of all nations. And that's what 1208 should represent. If it's following the commission, it should be representative of all nations. It should be representative of, of what Jackson is. It should be reaching people. It shouldn't be an insider's club. It should go well beyond that. And so we have two ways during this third hour at 11 o'clock. Actually, a few more ways, but two specific ways we're going to plug into that we call kingdom ministry. The first one happens all up here. These two rooms uh, are, are very sacred to us. They've served great purpose over this past summer as we've just been worshiping and chasing after God. The words that have come up during that time, the tears that have been cried, it's been a very meaningful and deep place. Uh, And if you've joined us for it, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Uh, But in that room, there's going to be prayer ministry. If you want to be interested in prayer ministry, let me know. I'd love to talk to you. We're going to need more volunteers to keep it going. But people essentially can go in there for prayer for anything. If they need healing, we want to see it. We want to intercede on their behalf. And we know that it doesn't happen every single time. But when you pray for people every single time, it starts to happen. You start to see it. And that's why we need to repent to make space for those kinds of gifts, to find anointing for the kinds of sicknesses that come in here. The Bible seems to talk about gifts of healing as though it's plural, that there are actually sometimes more than one form of healing that can be dished out to Christians. So, for example, Heidi Baker in Mozambique, one of the big healings that she's got has been with uh, deaf ears. And so she prays for all the deaf that she finds. And she sees deaf ears open. I think also blind eyes. Like These are common forms of healing for her. And so we, we continue to pray into those kinds of things. We also, uh, Marie's been working really hard. And Katie reconstructing this other room up here. You can take a peek in later, if, I think. Maybe not. You'll have to ask Marie. I'm not allowed to go in there earlier. Um, but it's being reconstructed into more or less our deliverance room. When you come in contact with demons, it takes a lot of effort to try to diagnose why they're there and how to cast them out. Over this past year, I've dealt with about 13 to 15 different demons, casting them out of people, each case incredibly different. Some have taken months, some have taken hours, and some have been very quick. (laughs) But you never know. And so there's always space in the spare oom, as we call it, to pray with people and see if the quick ones can go. But if not... We have this counseling room to find some more private space between maybe two of us and two, uh, the person who needs help and maybe a friend to join them to just get together, kind of diagnose what's going on and try to bring about the healing that they need. That has a real chance to be a good counseling center for people. And I think that's something I don't want to say unique to 1208, but a little more rare in Jackson uh, that we can offer our community. Um, deliverance ministry, honestly, is just inner healing. It's counseling. It's the same thing if you go to a therapist, except you are trying to bring in the spiritual power component of kicking a thing out that's bringing about the difficulties within that therapy session. So that's, that's where it's focused. Uh, I myself have found freedom throughout this year as I've had some stuff kicked out of me. Uh, and I've met many others who have gone through the same thing. Because deliverance ministry is for people in the church. It's not for people outside. If you kick a demon out of someone who doesn't have the Holy Spirit, you just set them up for failure. Because then the thing Jesus says goes to get his friends and moves back in. 
Deliverance ministry is for the church. And so we come to people who, need, who have the Holy Spirit or want the Holy Spirit, and then we bring about the healing that, that they need to find the freedom that they need. So that's all the spiritual needs that people need. There's a big focus over there. Some other spiritual needs that we'll have sprinkled in, though. Uh, children's ministry, Kayla's working. We need a lot more help with that. Please talk to Kayla if you're interested. Um, and then Mark Edwards is talking about in this other room, which we still need to kind of fix up a bit, running like an adult Bible study or book study for people that occasionally want to come in and kind of go through, say, Jamar Tisby's Color of Compromise, this book on, on defeating racism in the church that we went through. Mark's been talking about what if I took a, a group through that. Yeah, that'd be great. So we'll have these different kinds of um, spiritual feeding moments. The other kind of moment, though, is justice or social justice, things like this. And it always bothers me in the church that we belittle these kinds of things. We have become so focused on salvation by faith that so many people toss works and good works and justice and things like that out the window. The American church has been a huge perpetrator of injustice upon our country. And we continue to do it. And one of the biggest failures that we had during COVID was not necessarily our desire to still go out in public even when we felt like we should be wearing masks. Honestly, our biggest failure was when we saw racism and its horrible forms face to face, we not only didn't do anything about it, the church at large, but we argued that it wasn't really racism or we argued that it didn't really matter or we argued all the points as to why, oh, it's not a big deal or we got defensive and we were just like, oh, well, you know, I went through difficulty. It's not the same thing. And when we look at the injustice in our world, if we as a church do not address it, we have failed the God of justice. If we come across difficulties in our landscape and we do not take care of it, we are not living out the hands and feet of Jesus. Because Jesus' own mission statement, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. He has anointed me to preach good news, to liberate the oppressed, to heal the sick. These are physical, spiritual things. It's, it's, the kingdom is breaking through and Jesus saw it breaking through through works of justice. The prophets talked about it all throughout the Old Testament. Be just people, be just people, be just people. Well, Jamin, if we talk about hot topic issues of justice, people might leave. Let them leave. Be the church. If people don't want to go to your church because you care about justice, then it's okay that they find somewhere else. We come out of the Wesleyan movement. It's a movement of justice. John Wesley saw the difficulties in his own time and the social problems that were going on, and he addressed them. Sunday school, what we call Sunday school today, which is just go to church before church to learn a Bible study. Sunday school was created in the Methodist tradition, and it was actual school. They found that there are a lot of people who did not have school in their society, so they created school. Before you come to church, why don't you come? We'll teach you math. We'll teach you English. We'll teach you things like this. 
Those are good works. Those are movements of justice. And when we say that good works don't matter, we put ourselves in some tricky situations biblically. Because Jesus seemed to believe that the ways in which we lived mattered. And he tells a story about how some people come to him and say, Lord, Lord, do we not heal people in your name? Lord, Lord. That right there, that's like a acknowledgement that Jesus is Lord. It's like a double acknowledgement. Lord, Lord, do we not heal people? You can't heal people except by the Holy Spirit. And what does Jesus say to these people? He says, depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. I do not know who you are. Instead of doing the law, instead of living well, instead of doing good things and taking care of people, they didn't. And Jesus is like, I don't know who you are. Likewise, when Jesus separates the sheep from the goats, he doesn't go through all the criteria that we expect him to go through. Instead, he says, did you do good works? 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 When you saw a naked person, did did you clothe them? When you saw a hungry person, did you feed them? When you did these things, you did it to me. And the criteria that Jesus sets up in that moment is, did you do good works? Well, no, I didn't. Depart from me, I do not know who you are. Did you do good works? Well, yeah, I, I fed the hungry when I found them. Welcome into heaven. That startles us and messes with us. Because we know that salvation is by faith. You cannot work your way into heaven. You can't get to heaven by roller skates. Roller skates, for goodness sake. Anybody? Anybody? Only Anna. I kind of expected that. (laughs) You can't work your way into heaven. Absolutely not. Because you cannot save yourself. Salvation is a gift It is a free gift, and it comes by Jesus Christ alone, who is the only person who can give you that gift. But when Jesus extends to you a gift, he expects you to bear his name. It's the same thing in the Old Testament. Israel, I am going to be your God. You will be my people. The name of Yahweh is upon you. So when people see you, they should expect that the God named Yahweh is being imaged out of you. And when people look at you, they'll be like, oh, that's what the real God's like. Jesus didn't toss that out the window. Jesus understood, my people do the kinds of things that I care about. And that's why we have kingdom ministry. Because good works are important. Good works are evangelistic. It doesn't always bring people to Christ. But sometimes it does. Jesus said that you are a city on a hill. Let your light shine before men so that they might see your what? Good works. What is the light of God upon your life? It is good works. When they see your good works, they will glorify God who is in heaven. Jesus believed that. Why? Because the kingdom of heaven is a place of good works. The kingdom of heaven clothes people, feeds people, gives water to people. When it sees injustice, it addresses it. It makes sacrifices on behalf of the people around you. And a church that doesn't do those kinds of things, guess what? Jesus says it's not light. In fact, he speaks specifically to a church in Revelation and says, if you guys don't do the works that you used to do, I'm going to take your light from you. I'm going to take your lampstand from you. 
And so as we come to Jesus, I mean, salvation is not about good works, but good works certainly belong in the church. I think the church can incur a whole lot more judgment on itself than we think when we don't do those good works. I think E.P. Sanders, uh, a theologian, said it best. I'm going to paraphrase him here, but salvation is by faith, but judgment is by works. You're not saved by your works, but there's judgment. In the same way, when you look at the Bible, there's pictures of treasure at the end, uh, that you are storing up treasure in heaven. Or that this spiritual house you're building, if you're building it really, really strong on the day of judgment, everything's going to be burned down. But if more of your house stands, more reward in heaven. Now, my guess is that less reward in heaven is still paradise. (laughs) But from a biblical perspective, God sees our works and rewards it. Even the martyrs in the book of Revelation, it says that those who are beheaded for Christ, those who gave up everything on this side, are resurrected first. And we don't really know what that means. It's the only place in the whole Bible where we have something about a first resurrection. But that right there is a variation, it seems, in reward. Those who gave up their whole life now will get a little bit more later. And we don't do good works for reward. We do good works because Jesus is in our heart and we want to please him. And so with this new model of church, we've wanted to make sure that we fit everything into it. Yeah, we have the community element. We're building up relationships. But yeah, we also have the communion element. We're trying to get to God. And also, yeah, we're trying to do good works. We're doing kingdom ministry. That third hour is a real chance for the kingdom of heaven to break through. This room back here will likely be filled with clothes. You need clothes? Here you go. This room over here will likely be filled with food. You need food? Here you go. This room up here will likely be filled with people who need to pray. You got sickness? Here you go. This room over here will likely be filled with people who need deliverance. You need to be freed from your chains and addictions? Here you go. That's kingdom. Jesus did not come to create a church where all it did was tell people to think differently to get to heaven and call it good. And that's widely what American Christian evangelism has been. Hey, do you believe in Jesus? Well, no, I don't. Well, he's good. Do you believe in him now? Oh, sure. Good. See you in heaven. See you later. This whole thing's just going to (laughs) burn. No. Jesus saw his kingdom, his favorite topic, the kingdom of heaven, breaking through into Jackson in every element. So when the day of judgment comes and everything does start to burn, the stuff that we as a church and as Christians have built up will survive the fire and continue on into the resurrection. Resurrection is later, but it's also now. What you do right now in this world does matter. We are building the new world to come. Yeah, God will finish it and we'll partner with him in some way, but he's already calling us to partner with him right now. That brings us to our mission statement. In Jackson as it is in heaven. 
So words of Jesus, on earth as it is in heaven. What is our part of earth? It's Jackson. So start thinking in those terms all the time. Why do we eat with people of different cultures, of different races, of different socioeconomic standards? Well, because in heaven, everybody's the same. There are no boundaries, and we are one big family. We eat with each other because we want in Jackson as it is in heaven. Why do we worship? Well, we believe in heaven. God is enthroned, and we want him to be enthroned in our hearts, in this building, in our neighborhood. And so we worship and we learn because we want in Jackson as it is in heaven. Why do we pray with people, deliver people, teach their children, teach about things of justice, do good works and do things of justice? Why do we do all those things? Because those things are of heaven. And we want in Jackson as it is in heaven. When we do all these things in full, a little bit of heaven starts to break through in our midst. And we create the resurrection life that is to come already right now. So Jesus, we come before you. It's our final, our final uh, late night service. And it's been a long one. It has been a long journey to this point. There have been many times where maybe I'm the only one who felt it. But I imagine others have too. There have been many times where we just had to wonder both emotionally, financially, um, powerfully, momentum-wise. I had to wonder so many times, is this the end? Do we have anywhere else to go? And yet you have come and spoken and called us into something new. So here we are. On the cusp of faith, we, we don't even fully know what's next. We're not even fully ready. <laughs> we don't have all the volunteer systems built that we need. It's just all hands on deck as we get ready to hop in. I think of someone who came to church just two weeks ago and said, I felt four months ago that God was saying to tell Jamin, it's time to go back to morning church. Well, it seems like you guys figured it out. <laughs> Would have been nice to know four months ago. But God, you continue to speak through all of us. You are building your beloved community here. We want everyone to be a part of it. We want Christians to be a part of it. We want outsiders to be a part of it. We want people to find comfort and solace here. And prepare us, God, because traditionally, every time that we've gotten ready to start something new and big, or our church has been growing, we always hit an attack. Always. Something comes in, and usually it's successful and rips us in half. Guard our hearts, God, because if we're really going to do kingdom work, we should expect to be attacked. We have targets on our backs in the realm of Hades. And God, oftentimes those attacks don't always come from outside. They come from within. It comes from our own toxicity. It comes from our own pain. God, let us guard our hearts. Do not let us rip your church apart. This is your bride. She's got enough pain. Don't let us add to it. Teach us to be humble. Teach us to serve you. Teach us to be your body. So here we are. In Jesus' name, amen.
Love you all. I'm excited for where we're headed. Uh, just a heads up even. I'll be gone in two weeks. So you're on your own, right? You got this. <laughs> Ironically, when we started dinner church, I was gone the second week. I don't know what's up with that. Uh, but it seems to be that I just need to hand it over to you. And I totally trust you. You guys know how to do this better than anyone. So uh, we will see you guys next week. Not at this time, but at nine in the morning. Uh, I know that for many people, you're going to be thinking, well, I'll just go to show up late or go to this part or that part. If you can, especially in these early weeks, really push yourself to be here right at nine. When you get new visitors, especially when you're trying to advertise something new, when you get new visitors and no one's there to greet them or eat with them, they don't come back. So if you can just really push yourself in these early months to be present from the moment doors open, that will go a long way with the people that we're trying to reach. Okay, love you. We'll see you all soon. Thanks.